screen won't work and one button on the outside is this one. It's basically the sleep button. I should be able to do that and then swipe up the screen. Outside is not doing anything. This has never happened before. But this is okay. So, welcome back, everybody. San Diego Comic Con has begun, and they are dropping news like crazy. And this is only day one of the con. If today has shown us anything, is that we'll have plenty to discuss over the weeks to come. On top of that, tonight we're discussing our top five chase scenes. I'm your host, Drew. Along with me, always, is your my friend and yours, Peter. Hey, everyone. How's it going? <laughs> and joining us each and every week is our silent partner, Ryan. As you can see, <laughs> well silent. Well played. <laughs> yeah, well played, Ryan. This is the top five report. Okay, so... It's day one of Comic-Con. I want to get to that in a moment, but so everyone kind of understands the Comic-Con situation. San Diego is the big one. Um, they, every year San Diego Comic-Con hits and that's the con that will announce all the big announcements for movies, television, comic books, and then all the other cons, Chicago, New York, whatever down the line, they're the ones that kind of expound on some of the information. Mm -hmm. But San Diego is the big one, so this is where most of the news drops. And being day one, we thought to ourselves, hey, there's not going to be a lot to talk about, but next week we're going to have tons <laughs> of information to discuss. There is so much to talk about tonight, and I was thinking we were going to have a shorter episode than last week. So mm -hmm. let's see what happens. But before we get to San Diego, is there anything, Peter, you've been watching this week? Um, yeah, so I did start um, I did start a new series uh this cartoon series called The Hollow on Netflix. Have either of you guys checked this out? The Hollow? No. Yeah. Okay, so I thought the artwork looked kind of interesting, uh, so I decided to check it out. And this show has kind of blown my mind so far. Um, I don't know how to describe it, but it starts with three kids who are... Uh, they wake up in like an, in a vacant room, and it's kind of like a prison cell. And they have, they've lost their memories, and they're just trying to find out what the heck's go going on. So eventually they have to like solve a puzzle to get out of the room and then they're like they realize they're in some kind of like government or military like uh, compound I guess but you don't really know what's going on and it just keeps getting weirder and weirder so I've only watched two episodes but there's probably been six or seven WTF moments so far <laughs> and I still don't know what's going on but I definitely recommend checking it out it's totally uh you said it's animated yeah yeah just look okay. it up the hollow it's uh it's totally family friendly but it's just it's cool like it's like weird sci-fi stuff it's not your typical Fantastic. cartoon yeah. since you mentioned sci-fi uh I've started watching <laughs> a show on AMC I was telling Ryan about it earlier uh, it's a docu-series. Um, it's six episodes, I think. I don't know if they're doing another seasons. This could just be a mini-series and they're done, but it's James Cameron's story of science fiction. Oh, neat. And it's James Cameron just sitting down at a table and like, <laughs> so what where, we're doing where right does now. that start? What do you mean? <laughs> like, well, I'm assuming he's like going back to like the beginning of the first sci-fi sci story, maybe? No, they kind of okay. bounce around. It's like okay. him just sitting at a table with Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, Del oh, Toro, uh, Schwarzenegger, uh, this Will is Smith. AMC. Yeah, it's on AMC. It's like they're discussing just science fiction in general. So they have an that episode that is all, like the first episode is aliens. The second episode is space travel. The third episode is time travel. There's, you know... Um, machines like they're they're all these different episodes and they're just discussing 
the concept of filmmaking, the concept of storytelling, the concept mm-hmm. of where these guys came up with ideas, and you know, you learn some background and some things. It's just a really fascinating docuseries. That sounds awesome. So I got to check that out. Um, I have three movies that I watched. I'm gonna ramble off very quick reviews. One of them I watched uh, Blockers. Yeah, I, I watched this the, <laughs> this week too. I just wasn't gonna mention it. If you, if you haven't seen Blockers, this is basically very quick review. This is basically American Pie. From the other side of the coin, it's the girl. <laughs> yeah. It's the girls made a sex pact, and they're gonna lose their virginity on prom night. Mm-hmm. And the parents find out about it due to an iChat <laughs> message or something, and they go on this giant, like you know, basically like a road trip movie to try and stop their kids from losing their virginity. Mm-hmm. It was a very charming movie, and it's very funny, and that's really all I want to say about it because I don't. You should just see this movie; it's hysterical. Mm-hmm. The uh, I watched Baby Driver this okay. week. Um, oh, I did too. Baby Driver's... <laughs> we watched it on the same day, actually. Yeah, bizarrely, we watched it on the same day. Baby Driver was fantastic. Yeah, it's awesome. It's... I mean, I mean, we're talking chase scenes tonight. That opening yeah. scene of Baby Driver is probably mm-hmm. my favorite of the chase scenes. The ending one's great, but that opening one was yeah. awesome. But the music's great. Uh, that's just a really good one. Good cast. And weirdly... It, probably Kevin Spacey's last role that we'll ever see. <laughs> yeah. <it>, so. <laughs> That's what uh, one of my friends from work was watching that movie, and he said he found it awkward how much Kevin uh, Spacey was calling the main character baby, and it was just kind of it's a little awkward in rec- re- retrospect. But. Sure. <laughs> well, the last movie I watched, um, and I'm going to come back to it because I <laughs> have a topic we need to discuss that's going to bring me back to this, is okay. I watched um, The Mummy this weekend. Oh, nice. Uh, the Tom Cruise one, the new one. It's it was interesting. It got you know how I said I hate Rotten Tomatoes and it's like the worst thing to ever happen to the industry. Well it got very, very low Rotten Tomato scores and it seems as if no one actually went and saw this movie. Mm-hmm. However, there's some stuff to be said about it, and it's what the studio was trying to do, and they're mm-hmm. kind of backpedaling, and I don't think it's going to happen now. Yeah, so. I, I haven't seen this. I really want to. I'm a, I am love the Universal Monsters. Uh, like I like the old movies, and I just really like the idea of like all the potential that they could do with a shared universe with these characters. So I really wanted it to be successful, but it's you just... You haven't seen it? I haven't seen it yet, so I'm okay. part of the problem, honestly. Well, you said, you said the magic word, because shared universe is something we need to discuss. Yeah. That's why I wanted to come back to The Mummy, so... Sounds good. We'll come back to The Mummy in a moment, but uh, Ryan and I were talking earlier this week, and he said something like not understanding what a shared universe is. Okay. So I figured I would throw that out there, and I thought I'd bring this up because some people I talk to, and it usually ends up being my wife... Uh, where we will use a word universe and not to throw her under the bus, but sometimes when you use use the word universe, it kind of makes people go, what do you mean by universe? Like we understand we live on planet earth and that's in a solar system and then that's Mm -hmm. in a galaxy and then the galaxy exists within, you know, maybe a quadrant of the universe or whatever. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. But we're not talking about that on a physical uh, plane of existence. We're talking about that on a storytelling perspective. So if you look at the Marvel Universe, you have Spider-Man, Captain America, Iron Man, the X-Men, the Avengers, they exist in a fictional universe that Marvel created and encompasses all of that. Mm-hmm. DC, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, the Justice League, the Green Lantern Corps, the Teen Titans, they are the DC shared universe. They're the collected comic book universe. Mm-hmm. 
when you look at what's going on in the movies, and I'll come back to this in a second, that's what's kind of happening. So you have these companies, like, so Marvel, for example, it all starts with Iron Man. And yes, they made the Spider-Man movies. Yes, they made the Blade movies. They made some X-Men movies. But the shared universe, you have Iron Man is the beginning. Started in 2008. No one really knew what they were doing. So Iron Man came out. And at the end of the movie, they put a little button at the end of the credits Mm -hmm. where Nick Fury shows up and talks to Tony Stark. And the fans went crazy. Like, this Mm -hmm. is amazing. It was really just a button to get the fans excited. Then they came. the next movie that came out was The Incredible Hulk. And everyone's mm-hmm. like, okay, a Hulk movie. But yeah. at the end of the movie, post credit scene, Tony Stark from Iron Man shows up to talk to General Ross about the Hulk. And you're like, oh my god, that's cool. <laughs> and then in Iron Man 2, they had a post credit scene that led you to the next movie. And then the next right. movie led you to the next movie. And what they were doing was is they were using these post credit scenes to connect the movies. So technically, Incredible Hulk is the sequel to Iron Man. Yes, there's an Iron Man, and yes, there's an Iron Man 2, and there's an Iron Man 3. But Iron Man, the sequel, is Incredible Hulk. The sequel is Iron Man 2. The sequel is Thor. The sequel is Captain America. The sequel is The Avengers, and that's the end of Phase 1. So you're basically creating these sequels. Yeah. Now Marvel's into their their 20th film. Mm -hmm. So we have two more films to cap off the one single story that they're telling with 22 movies, which no film company has ever done in the history of... I think the industry. Yeah. So it's 22 films telling one giant story, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. With that being said, DC has now got their legs going, and we're going to talk about that here in a second, so I'm going to give you the quick rundown. So DC starts with Man of Steel, and then it goes Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, big long title. Then it goes Suicide Squad, then Wonder Woman, then Justice League. Now... And this November, they're releasing Aquaman. So that's the next part of the story. Whatever Mm -hmm. DC's overarching story they're trying to tell. I'm going to come back to the DC thing in a second. Other shared universes. So we talked about the mummy. I know I'm bouncing around. I feel like it's a little (laughs) tangential. So go with me on this. X-Men started a shared universe. So X-Men kind of exists in their own little corner pocket of the Marvel Universe. Mm -hmm. Whether it's comic books or whether it's... You know, the movies is kind of its own thing. So I've always been okay with that because yeah. the comic books were its own little corner. Yeah. Now X-Men has included, like, Deadpool because they're expounding off into X-Force. So right. there is kind of, like, a sequential order to watch those movies, and I think I have it personally figured out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I'm not entirely... You know, there's a lot of time travel stuff in X-Men, so it kind of makes it hard to piece together. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if you watch them all in release order, it kind of all flows yeah, and it makes sense, sense pretty and, well. Mm-hmm. So... Again, with Marvel films, you watch them in release order. X-Men, you watch them in release order. It's pretty much just watch them in release order, and you're going to get the story and sequential timeline. They have a visual language anyway. Another shared universe is, uh, let's talk about uh, King Kong, for example. Mm -hmm. King Kong and Godzilla. Yeah. They released Kong Skull Island last year. That was technically a response to the fact that they made a Godzilla movie Mm -hmm. a year or so before well, now they have Godzilla King of the Monsters coming out, and they showed yep. some photos at Comic-Con today. So I didn't see any of the you didn't Godzilla see those? stuff. It's so like one photo. Okay. It's like one photo of Godzilla standing in the ocean shooting fire into the sky. It, <laughs> oh, I actually, I actually did see that, actually. Okay. Yeah, so Godzilla King of the Monsters is coming out. Mm-hmm. The next movie is King Kong versus Godzilla. Mm-hmm. 
So we're building a shared universe with a handful of movies. Do you want to talk about the original Universal Monsters real quick? Do you know the deal with that? As far as shared universe yeah. goes? So because I know... if you want to take away Marvel and DC and King so, Kong versus Godzilla, this goes all the way back to Universal I, Monsters. I've always felt like Universal Monsters as well as uh, the old Japanese kaiju movies, King Kong, or not King Kong, Godzilla, and all those monsters, I always felt like they kind of had the first shared universes because... Uh, you know, in the Universal Monsters, there was Godzilla, or I'm getting mixed up. Uh, Franken, I think it's like Frankenstein versus the Wolfman is one, and then there's like Abbott and Costello comes in, and then right. they meet them all. And but stuff. again, you still have your standalone films. You have your Wolfman, yeah, you have your for Frankenstein, sure. you have your Dracula, but they all at some point crossed over and yeah. became a thing. And that's the with uh, all the kaiju movies, like Godzilla was fighting different characters the whole time that were kind of, technically kind of like different franchises just converging to make a big movie to, you right. know, put out there. So... I'm here, this brings me back to the mummy. Like I said, I was right. going to loop back to it. Universal has decided we're going to take, we're going to because of all the shared universe stuff. Everyone's trying to jump on the bandwagon of shared universes, right. so they're going to take their Universal monsters and start their Universal monster shared universe. <laughs> the problem is no one saw the mummy. Yes. So they kind of backpedaled and went, well, that was a financial loss. Yeah. Let's not do this. So I have no idea if they're even going to try and go farther. However. Mm-hmm. Watching The Mummy, it was very clear that they laid seeds. Yeah. So Tom Cruise, and I'm going to spoil the hell out of this movie, <laughs> it's okay, and it's it okay. doesn't matter I've because heard a lot clearly of no one saw it and no one cared <laughs> to do so. Tom Cruise is a soldier who is kind of, he's like out in Iraq, that area, and he's been treasure hunting. Okay? Him and this other soldier that are with him, they, by mistakes, discover a Egyptian tomb in Iraq. An Egyptian tomb in Iraq is kind of a bizarre place to have an Egyptian tomb. In there is a sarcophagus that contains the mummy for an Egyptian princess that was buried alive and there was a curse around her and all that stuff. The uh, pretty blonde scientist that helps out, they take the sarcophagus, they're transporting it out of Iraq to study it, they get into it, the plane crashes because of a plague of birds. So, you know, Tom Cruise dies and then he wakes up. He's still alive because he's been now been infected with the curse because he technically freed the mummy. Mm. So Tom Cruise is now stuck with the curse. Well, then you find out that she, this pretty blonde works for this organization that hunts down these things. So when they actually get to the location organization's headquarters, we're going to, where they're going to open up the sarcophagus. They have a jar that has the creature of the Black Lagoon's hand in it, and they have another thing that has like the skull of a vampire, and there's these like, and it's great because there's these little Easter eggs like in this thing. Mm -hmm. Then you meet Russell Crowe's character, who is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. The thing is, they were laying seeds for this big shared crossover universe. At the core, it was the mummy. Mm -hmm. They just laid seeds for what they wanted to do. And... I'm, like I said last week, not all movies are perfect, but it was kind of fun to watch. Through. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the greatest. I could turn my brain off and just yeah. enjoy. But I was there were moments where I was like, "Oh, look at that! Oh, look at that!" You know. <laughs> yeah. And that's really all it was. Mm-hmm. So, with these shared universes, we're getting all this stuff. Like the Michael Keaton Batman has nothing to do with the Batman we have today. But we don't get the Batman today if we didn't get the Michael Keaton Batman. Right. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, shared universes. There's something to be said about that. Uh, with that being said, let me give you the slate of the DC 
lineup. Okay. So give Sounds me your good. reaction to this because you said <laughs> last week that you were very clueless on how what the DC had planned. Yeah, I just I just don't know if everything's connected anymore is the biggest issue. I don't know if everything's connected anymore either. <laughs> okay. So this is because so Batman Superman gets critically slammed, Suicide Squad gets critically slammed. But that you have to Super, Suicide Squad they made so much money on. I know. Okay. No, I understand. <laughs> funny, I'm, this like, has nothing to do no, with box office. Mm-hmm. DC is questioning the movies, right? DC and Warner Brothers yeah. is questioning the movie. And to be honest, I think DC Warner Brothers needs to listen to DC hmm. because Disney is listening to Marvel and Marvel's listening to the comic right. guys. The comic guys who are writing the comics are going, this is what you got to do. And Marvel's listening. And then Disney's going, yeah, do it. Warner Brothers being the head studio needs to go, hey, DC comic guys, what do we do? Yeah. You know? And I think we're getting there. There's a couple points I wanted to bring up. So, awesome. The next movie, this is a full list. The next movie out this November is Aquaman. From the Aquaman we got in Batman vs. Superman to the Aquaman mm-hmm. we get in Justice League, I'm on board. Yeah. You know, this Jason, movie, I think it looks awesome. I'm on board. It looks great. Every every promo image I've seen for it looks very out of this world, weird. Like it's they're going over the top. They're riding giant seahorses. Like right. it it looks weird. And we're getting awesome. we're getting the trailer Saturday. Yeah. So next week we're gonna be talking about Aquaman. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Aquaman. The next movie is apparently Shazam. Yeah. Okay. Again, we're getting cool a trailer for Shazam on. Saturday, uh, Saturday, probably. Yeah. Shaq? No. <laughs> no. This is actually, uh, Shazam's going to be played by Zach, uh, Zachary Levi. So, uh, did, you, did you watch Chuck? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so okay. Chuck will be playing Shazam. And I, at first I didn't think much of it, and I was like, you know what, i got to trust casting, because people are pretty good with their casting. So after Shazam, we have Wonder Woman 2, or Wonder Woman 84, as the internet seems to be calling it, because... Right. It takes place in 1984. Mm-hmm. So we have Wonder Woman 84. Following that is the Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix. Okay. And this really blows my mind because they have announced their release date as October 4th of 2019. That's a little over a year away, which says a couple things. One, this got either fast-tracked, mm-hmm. and they're like, we got to get this out, or they've been pre-planning this movie for a very long time. They just have to shoot principal photography, right? Be- and there can't be a lot of special effects. That's, that's the if one you're thing push I was it out. Can't point it out. So it could be a very tight knit. I mean, if you look at Logan, it's like a low, low budget crime thriller. Like if you look at Logan, it's a very close um, personal story for the character, right? And if they're doing something like that with the Joker and doing the Killing Joke, like I said there wouldn't be a lot of special effects because the Joker's mm-hmm. doing his thing and then Batman's following the clues to try and find the Joker. Right. So if they're going to do the Joker origin story as the killing joke, which is totally okay, and who's going to, again, it's going to be moved back to who's going to be Batman. Cause I'm really curious. We need to have Batman in this movie. So the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie, oh, and it's apparently rumored to be titled just Joker. Like that's apparently supposed to be the title. I like it. The next, the next movie. <laughs> Can't argue with that. The next one is the Batman. Okay. Which is supposed to be Ben Affleck's solo Batman. Is that the same year, or have they announced? Dave, it's okay. Sure. <laughs> they keep changing. It the might dates be on Bat- the Batman, Batman Overload if both of those are the same year. But I know. We'll see. They keep. Batman. But maybe if, they're, conne- if they're connected pretty closely, that could be cool too. True. 
what I think is interesting about <laughs> the Batman is that they keep changing details, so I don't actually have any clue where it right. is. And that you know what? I would love to find out that they're suddenly like, hey, here's the movie. And all that detailed nonsense that the internet's been dealing with is they've been doing everything in secret and we never knew about it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. You know? And then suddenly like, hey, here's Batman. And we're just like, whoa, whoa, oh my gosh, the Batman movie. <laughs> All right, the next one is the Flash movie or the Flashpoint movie. I don't like Flashpoint. Is that like a, they're actually calling it that? They're not calling it that. Okay. They said they're not going to make it that title, but that is the basis for discussion. And the big thing, the reason being, is that this could be so where critics and okay, the, inter- so the internet thinks that I know DC has had missteps. Mm-hmm. Flashpoint would be the ideal way to, to reset, reset the DC. And game. most of the stuff coming out after Aquaman won't even be directly related to Justice League, BVS, Man of Steel. We don't know. stories. We don't know what they were planning. That's true, yeah. But I, I guess I was just figuring, like, the Joker movie would be kind of an origin story that's kind of, like, right. in its own little box. Same, the Batman beat might be some, kind of like an isolated thing. Well... So. And you brought up a really good point, because I'm curious about this. So Flashpoint, not a Flashpoint, but if you're having your big movies, your side movies, like your individuals, like Marvel has their, you watch a Captain America, and then you watch an Iron Man, and then you watch a Black Panther, and then you watch Avengers, Mm -hmm. which is your team movie, right? So what if you made these, like, chapters? You watch your individual characters on the DC side, so your Batman, Shazam, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, whatever. Then you watch some big crossover, like chapter film where everything's connected in terms yeah. of continuity and then you go back and you watch some side stuff mm-hmm. and then you watch, you know what I mean almost yeah. it's like your summer event and I don't want to say like an Elseworlds but more like a comic book annual yeah yeah annual or like your big summer event for, yeah. yeah and exactly. that would actually be really cool if DC did something like that so after Flashpoint now I Ryan, do have oh. Flashpoint by the way is this big time travel story where the Flash goes back in time to prevent his mother's death which his mother's death is what eventually made him become the Flash, but he goes back in time to prevent his mother's death, and then that causes him to not be the Flash because he he screwed up the timeline, but it not just screws up his own, it screws up everybody's. Uh, The Amazons, like Wonder Woman's people, are at war with Aquaman's people. Bruce Wayne is the one who actually died in the alley, not his parents, and then his dad became Batman, and his mom became the Joker. Like he's he's like a ruthless Batman who will kill and will kill and use his guns. And which honestly, I thought Flashpoint was really exciting. Oh no, Flashpoint! I think it's an amazing story. I love it. I think it's. I actually think it's my favorite out of the DC animated movies. It's like. Top three, I think it's great. I just don't necessarily like that they're already planning on rebooting everything. Oh, is my issue. Yes, I um, hear you there. The other, my other comment on Flashpoint, since you mentioned uh, Thomas Wayne becoming Batman, are we going to get Bat Negan? Is Jeffrey Dean? Yeah, that we need to get that. So if you so watch awesome, Batman like, vs Superman, the guy who plays Negan on The Walking Dead, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, <laughs> yeah. plays Bruce, Bruce Wayne's dad. dad. Yeah. So if we do Flashpoint now. That means Jeffrey D. Morgan should be Batman in the Flashpoint movie, which would be awesome. Yeah, it'd be perfect. Uh, all right, so after Flashpoint, I'm going to try and read these quick because I don't want to get hung up on this. Um, Black Adam. Okay. Green Lantern Corps. Cool. Written by Jeff Johns. Yeah. Which is amazing. Jeff mm-hmm. Johns rebooted Green Lantern. When I heard that news, I'm like, this is the best news ever. Mm-hmm. New Gods. Okay. 
which nice. I'm all about. And they, you know, with the mention of the new guys in the Justice League film, awesome. Yeah, I, th- I thought they would get there sooner, but right. I think they've done, like, right. course correction. By the way, after after I mentioned the Batman, so we're on to Flashpoint and below, these are the movies that are in development. Right. Okay. Nightwing. Cool. Cool. Lobo. Awesome. I, that's cool. <laughs> so if they go... If... If they go as Lobo weird, is probably a character like Deadpool Ryan for your sake, but he's like, like a space bounty like a hunter. Space bounty hunter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if they do Lobo as weird as they're making Aquaman look, that'll be a good thing. Right. <laughs> this is where you're gonna raise your eyebrows. Jared Leto Joker film. Well, I've heard about this in the right, works but we have the Joaquin Phoenix <laughs> Joker movie coming out, but we still mm-hmm. have in development this Jared Leto Joker film. If we do, and that's what brought me to that point of, oh, we got these sideways stories, but we have these collected stories. Right. Oh, so you're thinking uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker might be an Elseworlds situation? Or, or just a side, like, character origin piece, and then we'll do this thing with this Joker over here. So I also think it's possible that there's been multiple Jokers, and maybe Jared Leto isn't the first one. Well, have you been reading comics lately? No. Okay. <laughs> they, did a, they did a story arc so there's a story arc with uh it's called the dark side war it was basically the end of the new 52 okay and batman there's this new god uh metron metron or why am i blanking on his name it's metron um, okay yeah he sits in the he sits in the morbius chair yeah, yeah. basically he's kind of like a watcher uh mm-hmm. but Someone always has to sit in the chair, mm-hmm. and Metron was removed from the chair. Now, the chair holds all the knowledge in the known universe, so, but someone has to be in it. So when Metron got removed from the chair, you can't have Batman, Wonder Woman, sorry, you can't have Superman or Wonder Woman or someone with actual power sit in the chair. It's something, it has to do with, like, the mortality of the character, okay. of the person sitting there. So Batman's like, I'll sit in the chair because someone has to sit there. So when Batman sat down for that moment that he was in the chair, Batman became a god. <laughs> right. And the first thing he asked, because he was testing the knowledge of the chair, is who killed my parents? And the chair responded. And then, but the chair responds internally, so no one can actually hear the answer but Batman. Nice. And then I Batman like says, the second question he asked was, who is the Joker? Like, what's his real name? Whatever the chair said, Batman's response to it was, that's impossible. And the comic ended. Nothing. That's great. It was awesome. Then when DC decided, <laughs> then when DC launched their rebirth story arc, and you cut back to Batman in the Batcave investigating the comedian's button that was found in the Batcave, Flash came to talk to him about this because DC is combining Watchmen with the known DC right, yeah. universe. Mm-hmm. Flash is discussing the discovery of the button, but Batman tells him what the chair said and Batman said the chair told him when he asked about the Joker's real name, the chair said, "Which Joker? There are 3." Oh, okay, yeah. So, amazing! I, I, I have heard rumbles, <laughs> rumblings of this, I just have That's yeah. amazing, <laughs> and apparently Jeff Johns is going to tackle the storyline later. I honestly thought you were going that the comedian was one of them, or was the Joker. Oh, I, that could be cool. That could be cool, but the... <laughs> After the universe is right, combined? the but... Joker, there's three Jokers, so you know what I mean. So, Jared Leto Joker, uh, Suicide Squad 2, we knew about that one, Birds of Prey... Awesome. Yeah. yeah, great. Here are the movies that now have giant question marks next to them. Okay. Batgirl 
It's gone through a lot of ups and downs. Joss Whedon was supposed yeah, right. to write and direct. Joss Whedon has since stepped away. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Gotham City Sirens. See, I don't. I feel like Birds of Prey is taking over what that movie Gotham was City be, Sirens right? is supposed yeah. to be right. Harley Quinn and Joker movie. I don't know. I don't know what that is either. Like we have three Joker movies locked up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cyborg. Yeah. Okay. Cyborg movie. Justice League two. Right. Man of Steel 2. If it ever happens. If it ever happens. <laughs> everyone wants it, so I don't understand why it's... Yeah. And then Justice League Dark. Okay. Which has also gone that's through... That's been in development hell for years and years. Yeah, and exactly. So that's, for your sake, that is the entire so, slate of the DCEU. I'm surprised there's no Riddler uh, film you mentioned. Because you said there's giant question marks next to him. But I'm... Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know. Um, all right. Since, since we're talking about that, since we're talking about the shared universes, uh, let's talk about uh, the CW crossovers real quick. Because this made me really excited. I'm so behind, far behind on CW shows. That's okay. I've kind of been avoiding it. But if you want to enlighten me, no, go this for is it. this is real. This will okay. be quick. But I, this got me really, really excited. And then the news broke for, from Comic Con that made me even more excited. Yeah. So in the DC universe, by the way, the reason we're talking about DC more than Marvel at all is because Marvel has opted to skip Comic Con. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they didn't even show up. So the only news being released right now is DC, mm-hmm. almost DC only. So, CW has the Arrowverse, and the reason we call it the Arrowverse is because the Green Arrow show, or Arrow, was the first one. And For then sure. Arrow, and then Flash, Supergirl, and then Legends of Tomorrow. Those mm-hmm. are the four shows. They're all interconnected. They're all blended together. I watch all of them. I'm current on all of them, and <laughs> I enjoy doing it. I, yeah. just, I have to watch them week to week, and it's the only way, otherwise I'm going to fall massively behind. Yes, yeah, that's what happened to me. The... They added a show called The Black Lightning, which I've only seen... I haven't watched all of, so that's mm-hmm. the only thing I'm behind on. But right now, The Black Lightning's not in her Right. It's not a part of it. Mm-hmm. They said they might bring it in, but they haven't fully decided. Regardless, every year, these shows do a big crossover event. So, like, when it was just Arrow and Flash, they did, like, a two-parter. Mm-hmm. It was just... You watched one episode on Arrow, and then you watched the next episode on The Flash, and they were, like, doing fighting bad guys, whatever. Then, when Supergirl joined, they did a three-part story arc, so, like, each show got a part of the story, and you watched Mm -hmm. them all together. And then they did... Then when the fourth show, Legends of Tomorrow, came in, they did a four-part crossover. And then last year, they did a really big four-part crossover. Mm -hmm. It was fantastic. Some of it, in my opinion, kind of rivaled some of the stuff they're doing in the big screen. Nice. So they've decided, they've announced that this year, or this next season, so when the fall starts, uh, the Thanksgiving break, and we all break, they're going to do the crossover where it's going to take place in Gotham City. So it'll be a Gotham City-centric crossover, and they're going to introduce Batwoman. (laughs) Right. Now, not Batman, Batwoman. Mm. And they've referenced Batman a couple times on these shows. Yeah. But this brings me to what I mentioned here is the Batman problem, which we're going to talk about a couple times because they keep skirting around the idea of putting Batman in things. Right. They keep saying Batman is a big screen only character, which is okay. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to try and skirt around it with these other shows and these other movies and so forth, you're going to get to a point where you're going to have to put Batman on the screen. In Supergirl, 
they put Superman mm-hmm. on the small screen, even though they have Superman in the movies. Mm-hmm. So they're using them in both places, and I think they have room for it. But you have a show like Gotham, which doesn't... They said they're never going to show Batman until the end. The last thing you're going to see on Gotham is him putting on the costume for the very first time. Yeah. Awesome. But, with that being said, at that point, I'm going to want a Batman show. Yeah, it's it's kind of a weird choice because such... So many of the biggest uh, forms of entertainment that Batman's been in have been on TV. Like, I think of Batman, I think of maybe some of the movies, then I think animated series and 66 yeah. Batman show. Like, and it's weird that they're keeping him So you have Batman animated series, you have Batman 66, they, had, they did another, they did Batman Beyond the animated series, they did Batman mm-hmm. the Brave and the Bold the animated series, they have all these Batman... Batman, if you go back and look at it, I would like to argue that he is, because of his television presence since 1966, including his comic series, mm-hmm. he is the best-selling comic book character, oh, period, yeah. uh, with close seconds of Superman and Spider-Man. But he yeah, is the number sure. one best-selling character. So the Batman problem, and we're going to talk about this one in a, big, <laughs> in a big minute, but Batwoman, I'm very excited to have this character be part of this crossover. Batwoman is... It'll make her the very first... Okay, let me step, take a step back. Batwoman, after the crossover, is getting her own show. Added to the CW lineup. Which right. is great. Another comic book show I have to now watch. <laughs> because I'm going to be sitting there going, I need to watch this show too. However, Batwoman will be the first superhero show with a lesbian lead character. Because Batwoman in the comics, she is a lesbian. Right, yeah. so, and she's become a fan favorite for that community. Mm-hmm. I've always liked the character. She's always been fun to read. Yeah, I think it's awesome that they're doing this. I just think it's interesting that they have to find a way to work around the idea of Batman to mm-hmm. do this character. For so sure. So we'll see how they're going to handle this. Mm-hmm. Either way, it's really exciting. So, okay, so that's all awesome. I'm excited, too. I think I've always thought uh, Bat- Batwoman looks cool as hell. She has such a cool costume. Um, and then also, I have this thought, and this might <laughs> this would blow my mind if it, they actually did it, but what if during the CW show crossover in Gotham City, they somehow had some sort of little Easter egg that was a tie to Birds of Prey? And, like, it was just kind of like, they probably won't ever do anything more with that show, but just admitting they that's could. in this I mean, universe. That, wouldn't that be awesome, though? That would be awesome. That <laughs> would a be a weird awesome. wink or something like that, or that, just have, uh, is the actress Ashley Scott, like, just have her show oh, up like, oh, in the a orig- cameo oh, role. Not the, not the upcoming movie. No, I'm talking about, the, the, You're old, talking about the old the one. The 2003 yeah. show, or whenever it came out. So, Ryan, do you remember the show Smallville? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Smallville came out, and it was like Superman growing up on the Kent farm, and they were never going to put him in. Clark Kent was never going to wear the costume. He was just going to be, it was learning his powers. And no at the flights, same, no tights. At the same time that Smallville was on, they decided we're going to do a Batman show too, and it was going to be, it, they called it Birds of Prey, which mm-hmm. is based on an actual comic, but they had, it was followed uh, the Huntress, who according to a certain timeline in the DC Universe was Batman and Catwoman's daughter. Mm-hmm. That show tanked. It didn't last very long. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. It that. lasted. It lasted one season. One season, mm-hmm. if that. 
Yeah. Um, there were some parts of the show that were actually pretty decent, and there were parts of the show that were not I good. I think in some way, yeah, it, there's parts that weren't good, but in some ways it was ahead of its time because it was doing kind of the Arrow thing before that was... A, like, they were doing an action superhero show where Smallville was doing more of a right. teenage drama sort of well, thing. Well, for them to acknowledge the Birds of Prey show would not be... <laughs> I just think it would be funny. Would like. not be too unheard of because mm-hmm. Supergirl dropped a... This past season dropped a big Smallville reference. Okay. I mean, a big Smallville reference. Nice. And I was floored and the people in the room were like, what is that? Like, so I was like, whoa! Mean? And everyone's like, what does that mean? I'm like, you didn't watch Smallville, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so does that mean the Superman in the Supergirl show is the Smallville Superman? Maybe. Okay. Maybe, okay. and that's that's an interesting. Yeah, it's not Tom Welling, but it's interesting. So, let's talk about uh, the big one that hit today. I think that the internet exploded. Of all the stories, I think the internet exploded, and it's because of one line in the trailer, and that's the Teen Titans trailer. Yeah. So, do you want to take the lead on this one? Or? Yeah. So I was at work uh, earlier today, and my friend texted me, "Have you checked out the new Titans trailer?" So I'm like, what the what the hell? I didn't know what was going on. I wasn't expecting news like this to drop so soon, but you know, it's Thursday at Comic Con. I thought nothing would come out. So I'm like, I need to check this out right now. So me and the guys I, in the I did the same thing. <laughs> I stopped everything I was doing at work and watched this. Mm-hmm. So go ahead. Me and uh, the guys I work with turned it on, watched the uh, trailer. I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was awesome. I understand that like Robin shows up. And he's really brutal, like he's stepping on guys' heads and stuff. Um, Robin was very brutal. Yeah. Overall, I'm pumped. I think it looks pretty good. I don't know what your thoughts are on it. So, first off, I was really excited to see Flying Graysons. Uh, Yeah. So it's definitely the Dick Grayson Robin. Yeah, Dick Grayson. Which is the first Robin. He... uh, So he's very brutal, like you said. The fight Mm -hmm. scenes... The fight scenes were... Pretty cool. The centric characters in the trailer were Robin and Raven. Yeah. Which makes sense. I mean, mm-hmm. I actually, I figured Raven would be the central character because they'd want to make her father the ultimate big bad, right? Yeah. The, because it was those two character centric, they didn't show a lot of the other characters, which was okay. Mm-hmm. But you have Robin, Raven, now the teen, the Titans, or the Teen Titans is, for those of you who don't know, it's like your Justice League, but the uh, sidekick characters. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you read the comic books, Superboy, and, you know, Kid Flash, and Wonder Girl, and, you know, some of the other sidekick characters mm-hmm. are all part of this team. B-team? So, kind of like a B-team, <laughs> so they can learn and be, uh, they could learn teamwork, but they can also learn to be superheroes in their own right. Mm-hmm. So that was, that's kind of the whole point. I don't... I know. I feel like it was it's, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman's idea, like collectively. If you read yeah. the comics, it looks more like it's Batman and Superman's idea. But mm-hmm. uh, so, in the trailer, they show you Robin. They show you Raven. You can see a glimpse of Beast Boy. I wish they would have shown Beast Boy transform into something. Yeah. But then they show. They could even still be working on those special effects too. They so could maybe be. they showed us what they could. They do show you Starfire, which she's the only one that has me. This is the general consensus. She's the only one that's questionable, and it's just because I'm not a fan of the way she looks. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if it's the costume or what. I mean, she just doesn't look like the Starfire. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Yeah. And then uh, Hawk and Dove, we got a glimpse of them. They look awesome, though. They look great. And Hawk and Dove are not normally part of the regular Teen Titans, 
but there was a tonal shift in the comics where they took a character, a cyborg from the Teen Titans, and kind of put him in Justice League. So now he's a Justice League mm-hmm. character. So to take him away, is, I mean, that's fine. I just, yeah. But the big moment, and this comes back to the Batman problem, <laughs> is there's a scene in the trailer where the guy says, wait a minute, while Robin's beating the crap out of these villains, these, like, you know, gangsters in the alleyway, one of the guys says, where's Batman? <laughs> and Robin says... F Batman. <laughs> he didn't censor it. He just said it. And that kind of floored me. Not that Robin would say that. Because Robin's mm-hmm. basically like, no, 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 no. You're dealing with me. Not Batman. Mm-hmm. You know, Robin's... I don't think he meant it in the sense that... Right. No. We don't... We're not talking about Batman. Like, you know, I, mm-hmm. I hate that guy. It was. I think it was more like, no, no, no. I'm here. I'm beating the crap out of you. Not him. Deal with me. Right. That line, however, kind of scared me because DC's going, well, we can't put Batman out there yet because he's a big screen character. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> like, we're, we're saving him. He's our big gun. Does that yeah. make sense? I think, see, uh, yeah, it makes sense. I don't sense. know how to, like... I, the way I took it is, yes, Batman is not going to appear in the series because, as you say, are saying he's reserved for the big screen. But I kind of took it as... <sighs> It's kind of, Robin shows up, they say, where's Batman? He says, F Batman. As a rebellious teen, it's like, how many kids do you know who say, like, F my parents or whatever, right. my guardians? But it was, like, the most memorable line from that trailer, right. and everybody's talking about it. I don't think I put the amount of weight on it that everybody seems no, to do. No, and everyone's putting a lot of weight on it, which is okay, <laughs> which is okay, because it's got people to <laughs> like, talk. It's DC's got how, everyone talking about How this many trailer. times do you say it? say that about people you know or your job or something it doesn't mean it doesn't really mean that much right how, i guess that's how i view I, it I, but. I don't have it in front of me but kevin smith's response was great it was just a tweet on twitter and it was and it, the gist of it was like robin saying f batman great dc take my money <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know so he's clearly on board mm-hmm. the trailer looked cool for what they could show so yeah well another aspect is these characters need to grow, so like I don't know I don't know if I'm all for the character being like they don't have to be the perfect iteration of that character at the very first episode of that season, but maybe he'll grow more into the Robin you know, but he's going through a rebellious phase because it is the teen type. Right. So. And this being the Dick Grayson Robin, this is the Robin that would grow up and become Nightwing. Mm-hmm. So he he was already I mean he didn't he didn't become Nightwing because he was happy with Batman. <laughs> he left because he was angry at Batman and then it went mm-hmm. from there so I mean this could be the dawn of him becoming Nightwing right. which means we could see over the course of this show another Robin mm-hmm. which would be cool so we'll see where that yeah. goes I will say one last thing is uh, they're re- releasing promo shots for this show for a little bit where they're showing different costumes and outside of Hawk and Doug uh, <laughs> Hawk and Dove and uh, Hawk Robin Hawk and Doug do 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 no I'm just kidding uh so Hawk and Dove and Robin looked awesome, but outside of them, I kind of felt like uh, the other costumes I wasn't super impressed with. After seeing the trailer, Beast Boy's green. I'm pumped for that. I was Beast really Boy's worried that he was not classic, green. He's wearing the classic yeah. Beast Boy jacket, too. So. Um, Raven looks cool. She looks like she would actually, she might actually dress that way, but her stuff is looking awesome so far. It's just uh, Starfire. Like I'm kind of lukewarm on it, but I'll wait to see the show. Did you? Before Final. Did judgment, you read so. the Jeff Johns run of Teen Titans back in the day? No, I've never read it's, that one. It was really cool. The team they, the team he 
it was like kind of like a reboot of the Teen Titans. Okay. And it was uh, Robin, Starfire, Cyborg, Robin, Raven, Superboy, Wonder Girl, Beast Boy. Mm-hmm. And I, oh, and Kid Flash. And that was like the team they made. The cool thing about it was they had... Um, I'm kind of losing my train of thought. Oh, Raven. She had. She looked like Raven. She wore the classic costume that Raven would wear. But mm-hmm. there was this great bit where they were like, a couple of the characters like went to the mall. <laughs> right, yeah. Okay, it was just a yeah. beat where they decided to go to the mall. And Raven went and got herself a little tattoo. And she, like, you know, in the small of her back, she got like a little bird okay. tattoo. But in those scenes, she was just, she wasn't in costume. She was just dressed like a normal kid, but... Like, kind of gothed out. Yeah, okay. So, like, a black hoodie or something. She had, like, a little black hoodie, (laughs) keeping herself, like, covered, that kind of thing. You know, but, like, she looked like this, you know, just an attractive little girl. Well, an attractive little girl, but she just looked like this attractive girl that's just out in the world doing her thing. She Mm -hmm. just happens to have these demonic (laughs) superpowers. Right, right. (laughs) But she's always been a fascinating character, so when I heard that they were doing, right, when I heard that they were doing the live-action show... That's the image of Raven I thought of, was mm-hmm. that instance yeah. of the real world Raven. Because when you look at, she's always depicted with the cloak mm-hmm. and the demonic powers that she was given from her father. Yeah. So that's how I always, I was like, well, we're doing a real world. This will be a really cool chance for them mm-hmm. to do something like this image-wise. Yeah, for Even sure. though they'll still do her with the cloak and whatnot. Yeah, probably eventually, so. so. Yeah. Ryan, how are we doing on time? We're looking at 45 minutes, 20 seconds. Oh, actually, we're moving through this a lot better than I thought. Yeah. So, I don't know what else to say about the state of DC. <laughs> Marvel has clearly nothing to say, and, and because they have, like, their biggest gun movie, like, mm. forthcoming, they have Captain yeah. Marvel on the way, followed by Avengers, the final piece of this Infinity yeah. story. They really don't need to say anything. They'll have some comic news that might drop later mm-hmm. in the weekend, comic book-wise, but... They don't need to say anything because they've already kind of showed their cards and they're just like, we yeah. want to surprise you because... Yeah, it should be a surprise after Infinity War Part Ex- 2. Exactly. So I don't mind Marvel not showing up. There is someone else who decided not to show up is Star Wars. Lucasfilm is skipping out on Comic-Con. Okay. Okay, so <laughs> we'll talk about this. For I'm a- confused by that statement, but... Yeah, I know. <laughs> so we'll talk about this real quickly because some there's a big Star Wars news that dropped today, even though Lucasfilm is skipping it. Okay. So, Solo underperformed. I still haven't seen it. That's all right. <laughs> Solo underperformed at the box office. But the thing about Solo underperforming, I think, is not necessarily that people didn't go see the movie because it made a but- it made a lot of money. Yeah. Problem was they had to shoot the movie twice. They had to make yeah. two movies for one release, and then it didn't make the money. So mm-hmm. yeah, did they, they break had a even huge on that budget. Why two? So they hired the directors, uh, uh, Phil and Lord, and they were working on the movies. Lord and Miller, not yeah. Phil and Lord. Uh, yeah. Lord and Miller from the Lego Movie. They came over and were directing Solo, and there suddenly became some issues. And came down to the way the movie was coming out. Like, people were concerned that the movie was starting to look like a Jim Carrey comedy. Mm -hmm. And uh, Alden Ehrenreich, the guy who plays Han Solo in the movie, called Kathleen Kennedy, who's current CEO of Lucasfilm, and said, this doesn't seem right. I really think you need to take a look at this. So Kathleen Kennedy pulls up the dailies and starts watching footage. And basically... 
I mean, I what my ears weren't there, but I can assume she went, "Oh hell no," <laughs> and fired Miller, Lord Miller. Right. Then they brought in Ron Howard to fix the movie. Ron Howard had to shoot, reshoot seventy percent of the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm not even sure what. Ron Howard used after seeing the movie. I'm not sure what Ron Howard used over yeah. Lord Miller. There is one scene for sure that I know is Ron Howard because he was very vocal about it. Okay. So that's all I can tell you. And because Ron Howard came in, he got a visit from George Lucas, and George Lucas helped with one specific scene. That's I don't, awesome. I, don't I didn't know, know about that. I don't know great. which scene it is, but I know George Lucas helped, and anytime the maker wants to come in and dabble mm-hmm. in Star Wars, I'm all for it. Yeah, that's really cool. I didn't know about that. So they had to shoot the movie twice, and then they didn't make back the money they needed. I think another reason why they didn't make the money is because they came off, they released too close to the heels of Last Jedi. Yeah. And The Last Jedi has the fandom split. Everyone's mm-hmm. still trying to process The Last Jedi, the heavy-weighted material that was in The Last yeah. Jedi... And then they're releasing a Star Wars movie, and everyone's like, I just got burned about, you know, the people who didn't like The Last Jedi are like, man, I just got burned. I'm not going to go see this. It also came, like, right after between Deadpool 2 and Infinity War. Yeah, it it was released in a weird slot. like the perfect storm to just... Exactly. So, this is going to... My personal opinion, Force Awakens came out and owned Christmas. Mm -hmm. Rogue One comes out and owns Christmas. Yeah. Last Jedi... Your feel, your mixed feelings are not that owned Christmas. Yeah. Hey, Kathleen Kennedy, if you're listening, and you should be, but <laughs> if you're listening, Star Wars should always release at Christmas because the next Star Wars movie, Episode Nine, releases Christmas of 2019. Just own Christmas. Give yeah. us a year between films. Marvel, because you have a side, you have a. This movie focuses on this character. This movie focuses on this character. Time to do a team movie. They release two to three movies a year, and no one seems to think twice about it. Yeah. But I think because of Star Wars being so interconnected all the time and needing to be interconnected, one movie a year is fine, but let's mm-hmm. make it one movie a year. Let's split, make a full year. Let's not do a six-month to six-month release. Let's yeah. not do that. So, yeah. So, anyway, Lucasfilm and Marvel skipped Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason is is that Disney has their own personal convention. So their shareholders convention, it's called D23. Mm-hmm. I think Disney, because they own Marvel and Lucasfilm, have said, we are going to save you for our shareholder convention and leave it at that. But because of I the underperforming the <laughs> but because of the underperformance of Solo, Disney decided to say, Don't go to Comic Con even if you want to, because we need to reevaluate the slate of what we're doing. We need to reevaluate everything before we make any Star Wars announcements. Mm-hmm. Awesome. However, they decided to tease us with a huge Star Wars announcement today. Yep. Did you watch Clone Wars? Um, so I've seen, like, I watched it off and on when it was on and caught some of the big arcs. And then okay. I was, after The Last Jedi, I was kind of, like, re, trying to rewatch it all. And I've, I'm, like, a season and a half into it. So I haven't watched it all. But. All right. So this year, I think it's 10, but this year marks the 10th anniversary of the Clone Wars television series. Ryan, for you, sense. Clone Wars is that they, you know, when Obi-Wan Kenobi tells Luke, you know, I fought with fought with your father in the Clone Wars, that's what it is. So where does that fall? Mm-hmm. In Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, the Clone Wars begin. 
And in episode three, Revenge of the Sith, the Clone Wars end. And there's a five-year gap <laughs> of what happened. So they decided they were going to do an animated series, computer animated series. It's gorgeous, gorgeous artwork, gorgeous animation. They released a theatrical released film called The Clone Wars. So, I mean, I count it in the film library. So when you yeah. say there's been nine movies, there's actually been ten. Or, you know what I mean? So <laughs> there's... Uh, the Clone Wars film, it was a theatrical release, it launched the show, and then they did six seasons of the show. Awesome, awesome stuff. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then the show ended. And there's been a lot of, you know, they did another animated series, Rebels, but there's been a lot of, bring back Clone Wars, bring back Clone Wars. So because of the anniversary, they sent a, they did a panel today of uh, Clone Wars anniversary panel. Cool. And it was kind of a Clone Wars looking back at retrospective. They had some of the actors come on and talk and stuff like that. Like, yeah. you know, hey, you know, just reminiscing <laughs> kind of thing. And then they decided to say, and we have a surprise for you. Mm-hmm. And then they aired a trailer for Clone Wars Season 7. Awesome. Brand new season. <laughs> They're going to continue it. Like, I don't know if this is like episodes that just didn't air, whatever. I, I don't the, think so. I watched. I, think, so. I think this is all new because when I watched that trailer and the ending of the trailer mm. floored me, like it completely blew my yeah. mind, and I got like the chills, and I'm like, God, this is great. Yeah. The. Uh, I think you can notice. I mean, I didn't watch, so I haven't seen probably much of season six of Clone Wars, but I feel like you can notice an improvement in the animation they showed oh, in the trailer. Very much so. so. But it made me. That's like, why I don't think it's just lost up. It made me hyper excited, mm. and it made me go, "I'm gonna go rewatch the entirety of the Clone Wars." Awesome. <laughs> the what's cool about this is that uh, Disney has announced they're doing their big streaming app. So if Disney didn't already have me sold on their streaming app, Clone Wars Season 7 will be exclusive to the Disney streaming app. (laughs) Is that confirmed? Yeah. If you go to Star Wars, because I was really curious, I saw the trailer and freaked out, Mm -hmm. and then I immediately went to StarWars.com and started reading, and it will be on the Disney streaming app. So Nice. Amazing. (laughs) Uh, Per their press release. Uh, Really, really cool stuff. So, Ryan, I highly recommend you watch Clone Wars. I think you'll really like it. I don't know if you're a mm-hmm. cartoon guy or animation guy, but I know I made you watch. So, Peter, I sent him, and if you haven't watched it, you should. James Arnold Taylor, who voices Obi-Wan Kenobi mm-hmm. in the Clone Wars, he did, a few years back, he did a one-man show in Disney World okay. uh, for, like, a Star Wars weekends. Mm-hmm. And it was a th- it was basically a thing on what it's like being a voice actor. Yeah. And the thing I loved about it is that every voice you hear from the beginning of the show to the end of the show is Jeremy Arnold Taylor. So even the <laughs> announcer that introduces him on stage oh, is Oh, that's him. cool. Yeah. And he goes through the process of what it's like to be a voice actor, and then he does a lot of the voices, and he shows you how he changes his voice to do different mm-hmm. characters and stuff. Yeah. Um, but he uh, he voices Obi-Wan Kenobi in The Clone Wars, and the I showed Ryan this video of it, So and I don't know the extent of Ryan's, like, cartoon fandom but okay if you like that video at all i highly recommend you watch uh that show you'd really like it mm-hmm. so yeah star wars didn't show up you know they, they showed I mean, they, the they showed up they showed up in a cool, big bad but, way yeah. but lucasfilm and marvel are skipping out on comic-con this year so we got lots of dc to talk about tonight mm-hmm. which is great for sure but you know yeah and uh next week's comic-con discussion is going to be big because we're saturday, oh yeah saturday we got the dc panel where they're going to show the aquaman trailer and yeah certain that kind of thing. yeah so 
I'm pumped. Uh, <laughs> so before we move on to Chase, is there anything you want to talk about? Yeah, um, I did want to mention uh, last Thursday when we were recording the last episode, uh, there's a new Walking Dead mobile game. I don't know if either of you guys have played it, but it's Walking Dead Our not. World. So it's a uh, augmented reality game. Uh, it's very similar to Pokemon Go. So it's basically... so. I don't know if either of you guys played Pokemon Go at all, but when it launched... I have not, but I've seen it played. Okay. So I understand how it works. So so here's me... I didn't fall down the trap of Pokemon okay. Go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Pokemon Go launched, and I'm sitting there like, I've never been into Pokemon. I'm not a Pokemon fan. But this game is cool because of the implications it has for the future of gaming. Oh, oh the idea of what Pokemon Go is yes. trying to do is a step. So the idea that you awesome. can be playing a game, walking around the real world, interacting with real people while doing stuff on your phone, I thought was such a cool idea. But then I was like, they need to do more with this. So I know that for a while there was a rumored Harry Potter game like this that never happened i think that was kind of like a yeah fake i heard they're trying to do made. that so so anyways the whole time i was saying they got to do z- zombies because what's better than going around in the real world looking at a post-apocalyptic world on your phone and you can go it just makes so much sense you like can fight zombies off you can go pick up supplies at like stores and stuff you pass like it just made so much sense to me and then a couple weeks ago, I just see a trailer online for Walking Dead Our World. I'm like, what is this? So I check it out. It's literally the exact thing that I wanted. It's a zombie uh, AR game. Pokemon, like Pokemon Go. Go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this game, it's it's so good. Like, uh, you go through it, and instead of... Like, Pokemon Go kind of, to me, gets boring because it's mostly just throwing Pokeballs at Pokemon, and then you see if you catch them or not. This game, every time you see, like, zombies and you, like, click on them to fight them, you have, like, a little, like, fixed position sort of, like, rail shooter style scene where you oh, nice. okay. shoot a bunch of zombies. And then when you sent me the text that you said you wanted to talk about this, I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, but I didn't go look up the game. I figured mm-hmm. you're going to have to sell me on it. To me, so. I, I thought it was kind of a big thing, but I don't know a lot of people playing it. But it's really cool. Like, the whole time, so you, you fight off these zombies... And the whole thing feels like grinding, so you're always getting, like, rewards for killing zombies. You're either getting money, supplies, upgrades for your weapons and stuff, and you're caught in this, like, constant sort of RPG-feeling grind, except the combat is a short little shooter sequence. Nice. So it's it's really fun. There's also, like, kind of this cool uh, strategy game aspect where you can make... So you can make safe houses, you can make... uh, weapons manufacturing plants you can make different buildings and so in the game you get little uh kind of these little monopoly looking buildings that are like bright colors and you put them around so right now i haven't actually played enough to make like a weapons weapon shop or whatever it's called but it's i'm excited to get there but the whole time you're also playing encounters where you can rescue people like that's another thing you can do is Sometimes when you fight zombies, you're actually rescuing somebody, and then you bring them back to your safe safe house, drop oh, right them on. off, you get more experience, more points. So it's just kind of this really cool thing um, that I've been enjoying. Can so. you... So your safe house would be your current location? So, so if said, I'm sitting in my living room and I set up the game, that would be my safe house because that's where you start, or do you have um, to like... You can choose where you set it up. Oh, okay. <laughs> so like I've got a safe house at my apartment, and then I also set one up at my work. So oh. I can just drop up survivors either spot. But then I realized that uh, 
to level them up, you actually need enough survivors to level up your safe house. So I actually am just going to focus on the one at home just to keep leveling that one up. So, oh, right. Yeah. That's kind of cool. But actually. it's fun. If you like, I mean, if you like rail shooters and you like kind of the RPG grinding, I definitely, or if you like Walking Dead, I definitely suggest mm, checking right it on. out. It's all free. And then uh, it's actually some of the shooting parts have actually gotten pretty challenging because there's... There's some huge zombies that take like seven hits to actually take down, and while the horde's running at you, it's just really hard. So, right. Th that's mostly what I had to say. I just thought it was really cool, and people should check it out. All right. Abandoned Pokemon Go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you want to get to the list? Sure. What do we have for time, Ryan? Oh, yeah. Right this is a list show. Right at one hour. This is a list show. <laughs> Like I said, I thought this was going to be a small week, small one because yeah. day one of Comic-Con is not supposed to have this much info. All the yeah. panels are supposed to be Friday and Saturday. <laughs> so, okay, I'm just going to re I'm just going to go over the rules of how the list works. So, last week we did a year list where we discussed movies for a specific year. We did 2018. So far, 2018. Mm -hmm. But because it was a year, we <laughs> ranked the list. Mm -hmm. If we're not doing a year, we're just doing a topic. Tonight we're mm -hmm. doing top five chase scenes, or what if we decide to do, you know, top five shark attack movies. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? That'd be a cool list, actually, so maybe we'll remember that. <laughs> that but sounds cool. the reason I say that is because if we're doing a list that's just a random, hey, we want to do top five, whatever, they are not meant to be ranked. This is a, these are my five favorites in any particular order. I just like mm -hmm. these five items. And the only reason I don't want to rank them is because I don't want to put pressure on them. Because when you get to that, you know, you're just like, oh, man, that really should be my number one. But that should be my number one. And then you're, yeah. like, arguing over what should be your number one or two. That's why I thought, yeah. treat the year movies, <laughs> treat the years. So if we did top five movies from 1992, treat that like Oscars. We're picking our favorites. Mm -hmm. We're actually picking our favorites. These are just, these are five favorite of mine from this kind of niche mm -hmm. uh, corner of the thing. So... Uh, this is your list. you want to explain it? Yeah, so um, this list is actually inspired by uh, mostly by Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, which I saw last week. That's a and good the chase. whole <laughs> yeah, the, the ending of it had such a cool chase scene that I was just like, we should do this. like why not do top five chase scenes? Uh, so it's I kind of wanted to leave it anything goes. Andy asked last week, uh, is this is it okay to do on foot chase scenes or does it have to be in cars? And I'm cool if anything goes. Um, but I just thought it'd be an interesting list to do. Uh, side note, I'm not really that into cars and car movies, Fa like Fast and the Furious, stuff like that. I'm, I don't watch a lot of that. So this list was actually kind of a big challenge for myself as well. But sure. I thought it'd be fun to tackle. So, All right. So it's your list. So I'm going to go first, right? <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. So I have two honorable mentions. Okay. So again, the rules go is I'm allowed two honorable mentions. The first one I'm going to bring up uh, is going to uh, is the Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom minecart oh, chase scene. I didn't even think of that one. That's a good one. There oh, is some. Man. There is some great. There is some great chase scenes in Indiana Jones and the Temple in, yeah. in Indiana Jones series. Period. Like motorcycle chases and car chases and yeah. tank chase and uh, 
in uh, Last Crusade, but when I thought of like the one that's the most ridiculous and kind of bonkers, <laughs> uh, yeah. is the mine car chase scene because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like two roller coasters parallel and they're shooting <laughs> yeah. each other and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's such a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think of it. That's like me, pre- like before I was like twelve or something. That was probably my favorite right. chase scenes. I didn't even think of that at all. Right. That's so great. that was uh, my. That's my first honorable mention. So, <laughs> cool. Um, then should I go on with mine? Yeah, okay. So I only chose one and I actually only put this because I didn't want to risk having shiny new toy syndrome, but I actually decided to put, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, the end chase scene from that movie on my list. Okay. Um, but yeah, like I said, I just saw the movie, so I, I fear the idea of, oh, I love this thing because it just came out sort of situation. So that's okay. kind of why it's on my own. Right. So, Brian, did you actually make a list this week, or did you just try and come up with? I have right. one. You have one. All right. Do you want to save it because you have one? Sure. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll save it for when we actually get to the list list outside of honorable mentions, if you will. Okay. So my second honorable mention is going to make you laugh. Okay. But there is a B horror movie that came out uh, early two thousand. Uh, yeah, early 2000s. It's one of Scarlett Johansson's very first film appearances. Okay. It's a movie called Eight-Legged Freaks. Oh, nice. And it's basically these little spiders get exposed to this nuclear waste and they get big. And then it's the town being overrun by giant spiders trying to eat people. Yeah. The chase scene I'm referring to is not like an ending scene, the motorcycle with the big spider chasing them on the motorcycle. This is the kids on the motorcycles... When they first experience the spiders, and the spiders are chasing them through the desert, but they're jumping spiders, mm-hmm. so they're like jumping and like oh, knocking yeah, them off the I bikes, remember. and yeah. it's just this chase through the desert of trying to get away from the spiders. That's the part of the movie that made you go, "Whoa, this is fun!" And then you're just on a roller coaster for the rest of the movie. Nice. It's really, it's just a fun <laughs> scene, and mm-hmm. it kind of. The movie was really creepy until the spiders got big, and then you get something like that, and it was just. You realize the excitement that this movie could have and the potential. That's awesome. And then yeah. it was just everyone fearing for their lives from these giant spiders. If you haven't seen it, Ryan, you should check it out. It's, by all means, it is a <laughs> B-horror movie. <laughs> yeah. In, in the fullest extent. So, uh, um, David Arquette, I think, is the highest paid actor on that movie. So. <laughs> nice. Would you care if I add an honorable mention? Because since you're going with the ridiculous ones, there's one I was, like, really teetering on, and I wasn't going to include, but is that okay. cool? Okay. Yeah, I don't care. So, I... Okay, so I, I felt weird putting this on, like, my top five favorite chase scenes, but I really do, is like... Is this, like, a third honorable mention, or you... This is just, my second, because okay. I only had one at first, was okay, Ant-Man and Wasp. Okay, so my second honorable mention, I want to give to um, the the recent Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series, the first one that came out. I actually there's, haven't seen that movie. Okay, so in the second half of the movie, there's this awesome chase scene... That it's the Ninja Turtles in, like, a giant truck they they steal from, like, Shredder's base or something. Cha- being chased by a bunch of foot soldiers down the side of a mountain, like, in the snow. And there's weird, like, shell sliding through it. There's, like, it's an awesome fight scene. Uh, oh, that's in the trailer, too. Yeah, that's in the trailer. It's, this scene, one of the biggest reasons I like it is because it really has that cartoon feel. Like, you watch it. And you feel like you're watching the 80s Ninja Turtles TV show. So I thought they really captured that that uh, experience while watching it. Another aspect is 
in the original Ninja Turtles comics, uh, the creators of the Ninja Turtles, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, in one of the first, like the third or fourth issue, like pretty early like that, they actually included a car chase scene because that was something they wanted to do that they'd never really seen in comics. You know, like you think about comics, there's not a lot of chase scenes. There's not. And when you read them, they're, it's yeah. interesting to read them. Yeah. And it, that was kind of a cool touch that I learned about the Ninja Turtles. I don't know if it's on purpose, but in that Ninja Turtles movie and in the sequel, Out of the Shadows, they both have chase scenes in them. I don't know if it's a conscious choice. It's probably not, but I just think it's kind of a cool way to bring in that tidbit from the comics. Awesome. So. All right, so <laughs> moving on to my number five. Well, like I said, how about this? Here's one of them because right. we're not <laughs> ranking. So let's go with uh, Blues Brothers. Okay. Now, Blues Brothers has a bunch of chase scenes, and I know that when you think of Blues Brothers chase scenes, a lot of people think about the ending with all the police cars crashing around. That's not the one I picked. <laughs> the one I'm bringing up is the Blues Brothers chase scene earlier in the movie when it's just them against like two police cars and they're driving through the mall. Yeah. And they're just cr- <laughs> destroying all the stores and people are running for their lives. And yeah, that's, that's awesome. It's such a fun scene. Uh, that that's, the, that's probably the scene in the movie that really got my attention when I f- was watching it the first mm-hmm. time. Like, this is just bonkers. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah that's awesome. Blues Brothers. That's- Blues Brothers was kind of on my list, but I, it was on one of the potential ones, but I probably would have picked um, the, the chase scene at the end with all the cops chasing right. them. I mean, that's a, that's a very iconic yeah. one, but I think between the two, that's the one I think I laughed the most at. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I do think one funny thing they do in that movie is they mastered this way of uh, using slapstick <laughs> comedy with cars, which is ridiculous, which is a ridiculous thing to pull off, but they did it. And it was all practical back then, so right. you know they just destroyed a lot of stuff and spent a lot of money. Before on you that. mention your first one, Ryan, do you want to save yours or do you want to like, where do you want to throw it in? Well, I thought of another one. Oh, all right. <laughs> nice. So we'll come back to the. All right. So how about this, uh, Peter? Go ahead. What's your next one? Okay. So this what's one, your actual first one you're gonna give me. So the first one on my list I wanted to mention was um, I think if you actually go by scene, it would be called like. The capsules versus the clowns. It's the first scene of the movie Akira, actually. Oh, that's a really cool scene. <laughs> yeah, so the movie Akira starts out with um, uh, there's a character in, a, in like the shady bar. Another character walks in and says, Hey, the clowns are in our territory. Um, not really spoilers, but the main that's characters in this on, movie. That's beginning, right? Yes, this is like the very first scene. The, the main characters in this movie are all like teenagers and bike gangs. So basically, it's another rival gang called the Clowns is in their territory. And then they go off, and there's just this epic chase scene. Um, Mm -hmm. If you're not familiar with Akira, it's like this 80s anime movie that's so awesome. Like, it's it's such a treat to watch. It's fun fact about Akira is that it actually has a faster frame rate than a lot of Studio Ghibli movies. So it's, it's just like, it's beautiful animation. It's like this monumental feat that actually made a lot of people over here, it kind of g- gave them the anime bug and kind of yeah. like brought that over to America. Yeah, and the Akira is actually supposed to be getting a live-action film. If they yeah, ever get there, that's mm-hmm. been kind of in development hell, as you put it earlier. Yeah. <laughs> that, um, but also, speaking of Akira, and I kind of blew up Ready Player One last week, the Akira bike is in Ready that's Player awesome. One. That's mm-hmm. awesome. So. 
But yeah, this uh, this chase seems really cool. One of the coolest stylistic choices they do is since it's, it's animated, they do this cool thing where in a lot of shots of this scene, the motorcycles fly by and the headlights kind of light up this trail behind them. That's kind of the stream that follows the bike. It makes it like so cool to watch. There's a chicken scene in this um, chase scene that's pretty epic. And then towards the end, there's actually... The chase scene ends with one of the main characters chasing down two of the uh, clown gang characters. And uh, they crash, they're done, the fight's over. But what ends up happening is the main character crashes into this strange-looking little boy he sees on the street. His bike explodes. The strange little boy doesn't get hurt at all. All of a sudden, helicopters come down and basically kidnap the main character, Tetsuo, who crashed into the little boy and the little boy. They go to a government facility. Stuff's going to go down. <laughs> like, and then the movie, yeah, weird and then the movie goes Yeah, and the, there, the movie so. picks up. But it's like it's such an awesome scene. I definitely recommend checking out that movie if you haven't. All right. Well, I have, so yeah. Ryan, if you haven't. <laughs> uh, the next one on my list, I will bring up the bank robbery scene from the movie Heat. Okay. The one at the end. And this is the one where they actually, like, they've been planning the whole movie to rob this bank. They finally rob the bank, and then it is basically cops and probably FBI. I haven't seen the movie in a while, so I don't remember who's all chasing them. I think it's mostly cops. <coughs> running down the street, just firing automatic weapons at each other. People are running, and it's just, there's no soundtrack. Mm. It is just the sounds of them yelling at each other and firing weapons. And if you have a sound system... It is a really cool fight. It's just guns after guns after guns, and where's the van, and you know, that kind of thing. Sweet. It's it's one of the, it's probably one of the most iconic bank robbery chase sequences because hmm. of the level of intensity put in. I've actually it. never seen Heat. You've never seen Heat? Awesome. Heat's a fantastic movie. Yeah. Like, Heat it's starts... one of those movies that I know it's good because I've heard so much about it, and it's just, I've never sat down and watched it, but... Heat starts, it's uh, did you, It's a Michael Mann film, if you know Michael Mann's work, he made, like, Collateral, and he did the new Miami Vice film, Okay, but it's uh, Robert De Niro and Al Pacino um, squaring off, Robert De Niro is the, uh, like, the gangster who's put together the crew of guys gonna, mm-hmm. that are doing these robberies, and Al Pacino's the cop trying to catch him, so it's... It's just them doing their thing, and mm-hmm. you know, eventually in the end, they do their final bank robbery, and it <laughs> it kind of goes to shit. But they, right. you know, chase each other down, and it's just a fantastic chase. So cool. Yeah, basically the big climax, and then leads all the way to the end of the movie. So <laughs> awesome. Uh, is that make it my turn? Yep. Okay, I'm curious when Ryan's jumping in, but okay. So the next scene I wanted to mention is uh, the scene in Batman v Superman where. Uh, Batman chases uh, all the all of Lex Luthor's workers. Oh, the, the, Batmobile. the Batmobile chase. Yes, the Batmobile chase. I heavily debated putting that chase scene. Yeah, and then I thought about and then I thought about the chase scene in Batman Returns where the Batmobile gets has to like break oh, apart yeah. and get skinny to go through. There's the so thing, many and Batman I'm like, There's ones. so many good ones. Yeah, that was actually what I picked from the Dark Knight. I think it's when they're transporting the Joker, trying to get him to jail, <laughs> and they're driving on like Lower Wacker. Oh, yeah. 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 So, and that's the one that leads into the uh, truck flip. Yeah. Mm. So, Ryan, since you spoke sure. up, I'm going to add that to your uh, list here. So. I actually had that Dark Knight one on there, too. So, I thought it was funny. I had two Batman ones because I love both of those scenes. Those are actually 
two of the first scenes I think of when I think of chase scene, but it's also funny because I've got two Batman ones, and then the Kira one and the Dark Knight are both the main characters chasing clowns, so I just thought that's a funny little tidbit. Okay, so let me see if I got this right. So you're bringing up, I'm gonna, we're gonna shift gears here because this is interesting. Because sure. we actually matched some stuff. So Ryan's pulling the Dark Knight truck flip chase scene with tr- Lower Whacker, and you know, they're transporting, yeah. no, they were transporting Harvey Dent. Oh, yeah, and the yeah, Joker yeah, yeah. comes in with the, the semi, yeah, 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 and yeah. then, yeah. you know, that's when the Batmobile, the like Tumblr Batmobile chase. becomes the Batpod, and yeah. then, you know, Harvey so. Harvey Dent said he was the Joker. The, the Batman. Batman. So they were going after Harvey yeah. Dent, and Batman shows up <laughs> in the Batmobile, and the Batmobile gets destroyed, but it becomes the Batpod, and then he flips the truck, yeah. and such a fantastic sequence. Uh, so, but you're saying the Batmobile chase scene is your next pick, but Ryan brought up Dark Knight truck flip, so... The dark, the dark Knight one's on my list, too. Yeah, I know. It's also on mine. <laughs> okay. That's yes. why I said we all kind of match, so... That's great. I also so. thought of Inception. I don't know what specifically scene in there. That whole movie seems like a chase scene. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, the whole ending like of the movie, that. once they go into that sequence... Yeah. Um, once they go to that sequence where they're like dream within a dream within yeah, a dream, exactly. there's a big chase because they're trying to get to right. the, I guess you could say the vault, mm-hmm. the, uh, the mental vault of the guy they're laying the incepted, if that's the word <laughs> yeah. to use there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. All right, so we all match the Dark Knight truck um, flip. That's cool. So. While we're on the uh, Batman uh, bandwagon, I also wanted to mention... The scene in Batman Forever where the Batmobile shoots out a uh, grappling hook from the front and rides up the side of a building to get away. Do you remember oh, that? Oh, yeah. Batman that, Forever? Yeah, yeah. That was yeah, another that. one I, I debated putting <laughs> on my list. That's, that's a very goofy one. Unfortunately, that's a very short. <laughs> short. It's almost like Which a... Which one was Batman Forever? That's the Val Kilmer one. Mm-hmm. Val Kilmer and Nicole Kidman. But this is he just got done talking to Nicole Kidman like on the rooftop and he lands in the Batmobile mm-hmm. and then Two-Face tries to shoot at him with a rocket. I also Randomly, like, the, like uh, he knew where he was. Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones playing Two-Face. I like the... Uh, Who clearly the... watched the Batman 66 show and then went and did Two-Face. Like, he was clearly yeah. trying to be the Joker from Batman 66. Or the Two-Face from ba- Batman... Well, there wasn't a Two-Face. Oh, okay. Batman. They never <laughs> actually funny. got to it. They okay, canceled. never mind. Batman 66 got canceled before they ever got the Two-Face. Mm-hmm. But... And I'm sh- I know we're getting off the list here a little bit because this is a tangent. But they released a straight-to-DVD animated film telling the story that would have been told in the Batman 66 show. And it's called Batman vs. Two-Face. And this is what's really cool is Adam West passed away like a year or so ago. This is the last mm-hmm. recorded Adam West playing Batman because they had him do the, record- do the voice of Batman That's for the great. animated film. It's the only one of those movies I haven't did, uh, the animated movies I haven't watched yet. I'm really excited to. So yeah, I haven't seen that. I've seen the uh, the first Batman '66 animated. Yeah, the Return of the Cape Crusader. Was, uh, yeah, did they get Burt Ward in yeah. the two Two Face one? Too, yeah, the so it's Adam West, Burt great. Ward, and Lee Merriweather, and then Sweet. I I think, and I th- oh, and William Shatner plays Two Face. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. Yeah. All, All right. right, so I think it's my turn. Yeah, because we all matched one. Right. So let's see. I did. All right. So I'm gonna bring up this one. You mentioned Fast and the Furious, so I actually have a Fast and the Furious chase scene. Mm-hmm. Now Fast and the Furious, we're up to eight movies now. 
Never saw one. It's all it's all car chases. I saw the first one. It's all car <laughs> chases and car races and yeah. stuff like that. But this one really got my attention, and I've probably seen this chase scene six or seven times because okay. the movie was on. I'm like, God, I love this, and I'd stop mm-hmm. flipping channels and I'd watch yeah. just that sequence and then change it. Nice. So they're trying. It's a rescue sequence. They're trying to rescue this girl that's being transported. So what they do is they're in this giant C-130 airplane mm-hmm. flying over the targeted area. They open the bay doors and the cars drive out of the back of the C-130 <laughs> and Sweet. fall. It's like a full f- plummet free fall. And then they open the parachutes from the cars and the cars <laughs> land on the road, detach the parachutes while driving. <laughs> and then they take off in this just bonkers chase scene, <laughs> which, is, awesome. which is honestly, aside from them skydiving in mm-hmm. cars... It is very, uh, it's it's very an exciting, intense chase scene nice. all the way to the end of the sequence, and it, that's so I chose that one because of how mm-hmm. cool it was. Just, <laughs> that's great. You can say what you want about the Fast and the Furious movies, and you're just like, oh great, they're gonna do another Fast <laughs> and the Furious movie. I'll tell you this: they make tons of money, mm-hmm. and until cars stop being cool, so as long as cars yeah. are cool, there is always going to be Fast and the Furious movies. They're going to yeah. get, we're going to get to a point where we have flying cars and you're going to see Fast and the Furious flying cars. I'm surprised <laughs> yeah. we haven't seen flying sure. cars in Fast and the Furious mm-hmm. movies. So, so yeah. Nice. Um, I would, I guess I can go with, um, the next one on my list. I went with, uh, the, uh, end chase scene in the movie, uh, Death Proof, uh, by Quentin Tarantino. Oh. The Grindhouse movie. Oh, yeah. Um, this scene's great. I actually just rewatched it last night to prepare, but it's so good. What I was thinking while watching it is the whole movie is kind of that just from sum- the end. You said, yeah, the very end of uh, Death Proof. The whole movie is kind of summed up in this twenty-minute chase scene at the end of the film. Like it's kind of crazy, but you see the uh, the the three girls who are driving along and they decide they want to play. Was it ship's mast where they put the uh, belt through the windows? And the girl holds on to the, the belt while she's riding on the hood of the car. And, and then you see uh, Kurt Russell's character watching them with binoculars. And then he comes in and he just comes in to screw with them and starts running into their car knocking around. That introduces like his character. Like You just know this is a guy who's psychotic and is just wanting to kill for fun. And he's just like looking for a thrill. You kind of get to see all the girls' characters in this chase scene. That's super exciting. And then once they finally stop and Kurt Russell's about to run aw- or about to drive away, that's when one of the girls shoots him in the arm and the tables are turned and now it's the girls chasing him. I think it's it's such a good like example of how to tell a full story while having a huge action scene and it has such a funny ending that makes the whole movie one big joke and I just loved that too. So right. All right. Uh, so death proof. So we're down to my last one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know we're running a bit long. Where are we at? 120. 120? Okay, we're actually a little bit shorter than we were last week so far, <laughs> unless we expound yeah. a little longer. So, my last one, and this is a this is a childhood pull. This is, this is one that uh, holds a real special place in my heart, and it's a biased opinion because I'm such a Star Wars fan, but it's the speeder bike chase from Return oh, of the yeah. Jedi. Oh, yeah. And, and the reason that this, and if I had to rank these, this would probably make my number one, not just because nostalgia or, um, looking at my childhood, but I can't tell you how many times as a kid after seeing Return of the Jedi, 
I got on my bike to go ride around mm-hmm. the block, and I'm like, nope, I'm on a speeder bike, and my imagination takes <laughs> yeah. over. You know, how many times you're just like, oh, there's a tree, and you try and dodge the tree on your <laughs> yeah. bike, because you're, in your mind, you're on a speeder bike. So it's just mm-hmm. a great sequence, and yeah. you know, who didn't want to ride a speeder bike after watching that movie? Yeah, so, that's an awesome one. Yeah, that's that's my favorite. That's probably my favorite. So if I had to rank them, this would probably be my number one, just because of the nostalgia aspect. So I like it. That's good. Um, so, okay, we can go with my number one. I think of this chase scene as soon as I think of... I think of the phrase chase scene, I think of this specific scene. I think this is the best one I've ever seen. I actually rewatched this one, too, this week, just to prepare. It's still up there. There's only one point that I was like, this didn't age well, but it's Man, the chase scene. You're kind of overselling it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but, but, like, I'm at the edge of my seat. Like, it's what the, is it? Uh, the chase scene at the end of uh, Matrix Reloaded, when it's... Uh, it's Morpheus, Trinity. I guess it's not at the end, but it's like two two thirds of the way. Oh, the, the the car chase. Yes, the car chase where the, the twins are chasing. Yeah, the twins, oh, the are, twins chasing are chasing them, them and then and Morpheus's battle on the semi. Yeah, it's it's so good. Yeah, Neo and, then, and Trinity on the motorcycle. Yeah, and, yeah, that's yeah, it's awesome. Um, some like high po- hard points for me are when when the uh, one of the twins kind of becomes translucent, ghostly, and like comes out of his car and like you know, phases into theirs. He just, that just looks like a straight out of a horror movie, like a ghost coming at you. The only spot that I saw that I was like, that's a little bit cheesy is, uh, there's a part where, uh, Trinity and the other guy, I can't remember his name, but the guy they're transporting, they end up on top of a, uh, a semi that's carrying a bunch of cars and motorcycles. And she gets, she grabs a motorcycle from off there and jumps off of the semi. And that was the way it's shot. That's the only one where I was like, that's kind of cheesy, but I still think it's such an epic scene, and it's so cool. So, Yeah, no, that's a fantastic scene. So, mm-hmm. And I thought about The Matrix. The Matrix did come up in my mind. I was like, yeah. this, is a, this would be a really cool um, pull, but yeah. I feel like The Matrix kind of got tainted over the years. Yeah, for you know, sure. If you think about it, like it's not a franchise that I go back and... Yeah, and, it's unfortunate, but I still feel like it was so big at the time. No, there was some, there was some great still, stuff. Yeah. That, that was the... So, one of the things that actually bugged me about that specific movie is that they made such a big deal about The Matrix, like, not having logos. So, if you watch... Okay. So, this is a no, weird... that's weird. This that's is a weird... This is a weird little thing that I noticed. In the first movie, there's no logos in The Matrix. Mm-hmm. So, there's no products. There's no brand names. Nothing. And it was very... Everything's oh, okay. very blank. Right. But then, when you watch Matrix Reloaded, all the vehicles are Audi. Okay. Now, that's, that's Audi weird, has a but... very, the logo for Audi has a very, like, matrixy look, because it's not a, like, I mean, mm-hmm. people know what the Audi logo is, but it's it's one logo that doesn't stand out the way Ford or Chevy does. Mm-hmm. So, it's kind of got this, like, streamlined, almost computer look to the logo, which is okay. cool, yeah. but suddenly there was a brand named Product. It was Product Placement. <laughs> right. I also feel like that was the time that people started complaining about Product Placement in movies. Yeah. But Product Placement is stupid, because... Look, if I'm watching a movie and there's a kid playing an Xbox on a movie, that's cool. I own an Xbox. Mm-hmm. Or if someone's drinking yeah, a can for, of Pepsi, that's a good point. you know there's you know there's licensing allowing Pepsi to be on the shelf or like in the yeah. guy's hand. But it doesn't matter because you drink Pepsi, I drink Pepsi. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I go to the grocery store and I can buy a Pepsi. Like yeah. it's not it's not really product placement. Yeah. So I kind yeah. of feel the same way. I used to hate product placement, but now I'm at the point right. where it's that's like, why that's why it's a weird thing for me to complain about the, that 
Audi thing in the Matrix, but it was suddenly, oh, yeah. there's a logo when you guys were so, like, no logos. <laughs> so. It's like, uh, my feeling's kind of like, if I get to see, like, if I get to see the superhero and villain fight that I love, but I have to endure the superhero drinking a Pepsi earlier, I'm okay with it. <laughs> it's right. okay trade-off, so. <laughs> All right, well, we're hitting, getting close to an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. So I think it's time to call it quits for this evening. Sounds good. So since you picked the chases, it becomes my pick for the list, and we decided to keep this comic book centric because it's Comic Con weekend. So Ooh. next Thursday, when we discuss all the extra Comic Con news that uh, is going to arise and get our attention, we are going to do our top five favorite Marvel villains. So if you can do the Marvel villains, great. Uh, Ryan, feel free to join us. I know that you're a bit of an X-Men fan and whatnot, but you don't know comics the way we do, so feel free to jump in if you're like, oh, wait, I like that guy, that, you know, that kind of thing. So we're going to do Marvel villains. We're going to focus on the bad guys next week. Okay. So Fun. since Marvel decided to skip out, I thought we'd do Marvel villains. So we'll, you know, I know you're like, why aren't we doing DC? We'll hit DC <laughs> no, at some point fine. and save yeah, that yeah. for another good no, comic that's, book No, that's day, good. So. If Marvel's skipping this, you know, this year... At right. San Diego, we can do a, have some Marvel content, right. too. So. Yeah, it, why not? So we'll mm-hmm. do Marvel Villains next week. Uh, like we said last week, this is a building podcast, so we're still working on website and social media and stuff. So you can check us out at top5report.com. And with that being said, if you want to follow me, uh, you can follow me personally on my Twitter at Drew3927. Same as on Instagram, Drew3927. Peter? Um, yeah, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Ninja Pierre, um, and there I have links to my Instagram, and I also have a webcomic called Freak Saber that's uh, linked to there. That's on my Twitter and my bio, so yeah. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Ryan, any closing remarks? Yeah, see, like I said, silent partner. <laughs> okay, guys, like I said, for the Top 5 Report, I am Drew. I'm Peter. And that was Ryan being silent. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Good night, everybody.